Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, everyone. This is Ryan Cote with the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to be speaking with Todd Palmer. Hey, Todd. Hey, Ryan. How are you? Doing good. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. We've had a great conversation up to this point before recording. So I'm looking forward to what's what's next. And uh, why don't we start off by you telling everyone what you do and what your interests are? Sure. So my name is Todd Palmer, and I am the CEO of Extraordinary Advisors, where I help leaders get unstuck around the areas of cash strategy, people, and execution. The teachings that I do are inside-out leadership of having been a retired CEO now for three years and a CEO prior to that for 25 years, I realized the only way I could grow my business was to grow myself. And that required me to take look in the mirror and be able to deal with my itty-bitty shitty committee, deal with my imposter syndrome, deal with how I showed up, how I didn't hold my team to a status of accountability that got the company into a pretty bad spot. And now I've been able to pivot by taking a look at myself growing that company, uh, divesting out of that company, now helping CEOs and leaders around the world do some of those very similar things, especially during the tough times of COVID, where a lot of people are wrapped up in chaos, fear, self-doubt, and crisis. And what are your interests? One of my interests uh, outside of being a coach and CEO is I'm a big fan of baseball. We were talking earlier when I was in video, and I've got a pretty large memorabilia collection. And I love the the parallels of baseball in business, baseball in life. Baseball is the only sport I know of where if you fail 70% of the time as a hitter going three for 10, you're still a 300 hitter and you're seen as a success in the sport. Business and life are very much similar parallel paths to that where there's a lot of failing forward in business, a lot of failing forward in life, and a lot of failing forward in baseball. Baseball is a sport you're never going to master, just like life is a sport you're never going to master. Interesting. So you have a very uh, unique story with how you use personal development. Your business was in a rough spot. I think you said 2006 and personal development played a, a very big role in you recovering from that. What is your approach to personal development and growth and how did you use it to to turn your business around? That's a great, great question. It definitely was a recovery. I really did struggle with a lot of imposter syndrome. I thought as the CEO of the company, it was my responsibility to have all the answers to all the problems for all the employees all of the time. And that didn't work really well 10 years into my company. I started my company in 97. By 2006, because I had control issues, because I didn't delegate appropriately, and when I did delegate, I didn't hold people accountable, I advocated not delegated, the company got $600,000 in debt based upon, as I look in the mirror, decisions I made, choices I made, employees I hired. And it got to the point where the bank was going to call the line of credit. They were going to take my house. I was a single parent at the time. My son was not very receptive to being homeless. And I had allowed a toxic culture within the organization to exist because I was doing massive avoidance. I was not having the critical conversations. I was not leaning into those uncomfortable moments. So I hired a coach. And the coach said, the first thing I needed to do was I needed to show up differently. I needed to go inside out. I had to change myself to change my business. And he really, really helped me deal with my itty-bitty shitty committee, my imposter syndrome. And we created a program where I did five positive things every morning, from working out, to eating right, to how I managed my company, to the point of where I realized the company was so dysfunctional that in September of 2006, I fired the entire company and I started over. And I held myself 100% accountable because I had allowed it to get to that point. Flash forward 10 years later, 
we got out of the debt and we made the Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing companies in America. Not one time, not two times, but six times because we found that inflection point because I'd grown myself. I was able to grow the business, get out of debt and, and put it on a track record of an incredible success. What did it feel like I mean, when you were in the, the thick of it? I guess wake up every day. Like, how did you go to work with all that debt, all that pressure? Like, how did you think straight to get through it? I know you hired the coach, but what was that like? Yeah. Well, before I hired the coach, I didn't go to work. I avoided. So how I dealt with it is I didn't deal with it, which a lot of people would do. And a lot of CEOs, believe it or not, are really good at I call the avoid dance. They avoid things. And I would would if I just if I pretended it, if I pretended it wasn't happening. I could just avoid it and I could avoid it and it just started to mount. So the way I handled it before getting the coach, before getting, before raising my hand and getting outside help, putting my pride and ego aside, until I did those things, until I dealt with me, I couldn't get anywhere. On the flip side, what did it feel like the moment? I'm sure there was a moment or two where you were like, man, I've got this. This is turning around. I've got a new company. I've got a clear path to recovering from this. What did that, what did that moment feel like? It's a great question in, in regards to, I'm never sure, I'm not really sure we ever had that moment. Let me explain. To get out of the, the depression I was in, I had to create a process and use a process of appreciative inquiry, the active learning cycle. So I had to approach things with a growth mindset because I'd had a fixed mindset for so many years. And so going back to the debt, my mindset was, I've got to find a way to get out of debt. I don't know how it's going to look at it. So I got to create, my second step was to create an intention not have an expectation that I knew how to get out of that debt. So we were trying and we were iterating a bunch of different sales processes and a bunch of different models in the staffing space. We had a recruiting company in Metro Detroit. And the freedom by the intentional mindset, not the fixed mindset, allowed us to try different things. So every week we would try different strategies, keep what worked, got rid of what didn't work. And over the course of many, many attempts, many, many tries, many, many failures, many, many successes, we were able to move the thing forward. I guess when I think of the the real time when I thought, okay, we finally got it right, was the day I paid off the final vendor eight years later for the money we owed by getting $600,000 in debt. That was kind of like, okay, we finally got this thing right where now we can start making some real money and, to, and take care of shareholder equity and stockholder equity, but also to be able to reward the employees who helped take that journey with me. Man, what a story. What an adventure. So let's fast forward to today. What is your, what is your personal event? What does your morning routine look like? My morning routine is pretty simple. I get up, I do something positive first thing in the morning, and I either will do something... To, I'll express gratitude. I'm a big, big fan of the work of Sean Aker and his gratitude practices. So I'll express gratitude. And I'll do that by either sending a text message or an email or a Facebook message to somebody who's important to me, letting them know I'm thinking of them. A lot of my mornings are wrapped up big by going to the gym, exercising. Because In order for me to give to others, I have to take care of myself. I see it as self-care, not self-ish. So I'll get up at, like this morning, I got up at 5.30 in the morning and I hit the gym for two hours so that I could be fresh for my clients. My first client call was at 8.30. I have to be at my best because I, I see my energy as a resource. And if I feed that energy, I take care of myself. I've got more to give. The only time I find that when I really reach that point of being down or low is when the demands of myself for my clients, for my family, for my friends, for my business, exceed my resources. So my strategy becomes if I'm continually filling my resources by, again, going to the gym, listening to a podcast, getting an audio book, I watch a lot of YouTube videos on the bikes at, at, at the gym. If I'm feeding my brain positive things, positive messages, hearing positive stories, 
my reservoir of energy rises, which allows me to be of greater service to my clients. Consuming positive content is so key. I mean, if you want to just destroy your life, just watch the nighttime news every day. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You'll be a paranoid mess in like a few weeks. For sure. Uh, Yeah. I have my clients do a thing called a stop doing list because it's really good to do. Anybody can do a to-do list, but the growth takes place when I have to make a stop doing list. And you'd be surprised, especially during the last year, how many people put on their stop doing list, stop watching CNN, stop watching MSNBC, stop watching local news. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I don't watch, I don't watch any news. I did during the election just because I was interested, but, but beyond that, I, I, I stay away from it. I get the news that I need from a, a, a morning daily newsletter that I get. That's just like, you know, the top stories. Let's talk about your, your coaching business. I, you know, I like to gear this show towards, it's obviously personal development, but also entrepreneurship. And uh, I'm always curious how my guests have had success in terms of growing their business. So um, with your coaching business, how do, you, how do you grow it? What have you had most success with? Great, great, great question. Because if you had asked me this question a year ago, you would have gotten an answer that's almost 360 degrees different than what I'm going to tell you now. So a year ago, my strategy was to get on stages, talk in front of audiences, do podcast appearances. And I was in front of a lot of groups throughout the course of the year, on the road a lot, uh, being of service to the, to the audience by telling the kind of stories we're telling right now. Well, COVID hits. And in March, I lost six stages in two weeks. And I had plenty of time and I had nothing to do with it. So I doubled down on what I really, why I do this. So 12 years ago, I worked with a guy named Simon Sinek. He has a real popular process called, you know, find your, find your why. And he helped me find my why. It took me two years to find the two words that encapsulate my why, which is improve lives. So I, I really thought, how can I improve lives? from Detroit, Michigan, when I can't travel, how can I be of service to to people in chaos and crisis, just like I was in 2006 when I was so far in debt. So I started putting messages out on social media, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and, and Instagram, volunteering my time, volunteering to speak to any audience that would have me that their members were in chaos and crisis around COVID decisions for business, volunteering to speak to any entrepreneur, whether they're a solopreneur or the CEO of a multi-million dollar company for 30 minutes for free to help them clear their head, to clear the mechanism. I talk a lot about the athletes I work with. Clear the mechanism. You know, if you're a pitcher and you walk a hitter, you got to clear that out because you've got another batter in the batter's box. If you're a golfer and you just hit a bad shot, you have the next shot in front of you. So you can't worry about the shot you hit. You can only deal with the shot you're going to hit, not even the future shot you're going to hit. So I'm doing this model over and over and over and over and over again. I spoke to over 35 groups from around the globe, as far as Malaysia and India and the United States and Canada and Mexico and in Europe. And then I spoke with about 67 CEOs over a 42-day period, helping them get unstuck around all these things. So that's during these COVID times, I've actually doubled my, my coaching practice, as well as the, with the free time I had. As I just wrapped up my second book, which is titled uh, From Suck to Success, A Guide to Extraordinary Entrepreneurship that's coming out in Q1 of 2021. So uh, to grow my business, to grow my coaching practice, I volunteered the heck out of things. So you weren't charging for these, these, um, these sessions? I was not charging for the sessions because I realized it was for me, this is a personal decision. And I still use a coach, by the way. I, so I called my coach and we had a long conversation about it. And he says, what's your intention behind it? I said, my intention is to be of service to others. I don't feel right now, this was during, say, March of 2020 to about August of 2020. I feel my job should be 
to tell stories and to hear stories to help people get unstuck around COVID, around chaos and crisis, the, the itty bitty shitty community these CEOs are having between the six inches in their ears. And so I decided for me, what most resonated was to volunteer, 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 be a servant leader. I didn't feel it was the time to, to be marketing. I felt it was a time to be serving. The blessing in all of that is people would hear the stories. People would hear me speak. I would volunteer to coach people. And they say, hey, I want to work with you. I can't afford your regular fee. Here's what I can't afford. Can we do something? And we would just do some one-off programs. Well, what that has, be, has created for me is now I've got speeches that want to hire, you know, groups that want to hire me. They're hiring me virtually, which is awesome because they saw me and in the, in they've seen me in other groups. I've got people who, you know, I just, I'm launching a new client next week who w- was so you know, freaked out by everything. They were literally paralyzed by fear and self-doubt. Now they've reached out to me. I spoke with him in March. He's launching with me in December because his business is back on track. So I found that by giving to these entrepreneurial and CEO communities, it's not coming back to me. Yeah, it makes sense. I, mean, I, I we did something uh, semi-similar at Valentine. You know, we, we're a marketing agency, and and you know, when COVID hit, obviously there was a lot of uh, turmoil, and clients were uncertain, and they wanted to pause or cancel, and you know, just a lot of uncertainty. And so I, you know, we just tried to pour into our clients as much as we can, even doing free work in some cases. Just to make sure that they knew that we, you know, we had their back, and we'll try to help them get through this. And, you know, unfortunately, it all worked out. You know, we're all in a much better spot now. But it sounds like you just were. It sounds like you were doing the right thing. You know, trying to provide as much value as possible. And uh, well, it, it was going back to being intentional. It was yeah. what wasn't working for me. My my mindset going into it was I could only grow my business by being on stage. I can only grow my business by being on podcasts. Well, when one of those is wiped out through no one's fault, I have to pivot back into why do I do all this. And I do it to improve lives. So if I have that intentional mindset, I can improve lives from a, a, a non-stage perspective, from, a, from, the, from the comfort of my, my baseball office, why shouldn't I do it? And, and I didn't go into it thinking I'm going to get clients. I didn't go into it thinking I'm going to get something from it. And I, and I find that people pick up on that energy. People pick up on people like you and I who give of our time and give of our skills and talents to the greater service of others. And naturally, people want to gravitate and be in our space because they see the value we provide. Makes total sense. I've got one more question for you, Todd. I'm really curious answer to this question. Just based on your the stories you shared today, your experience um, you know, what's your definition and approach to happiness? Wow, that's a great question because it's the same question I asked my coach about six years ago. <laughs> and because <laughs> um, I was frustrated because I wasn't happy. And um, he, here's where we've arrived at. And he was really smart. So, my coach is a guy named Daniel Friedland. He's out of San Diego, California. He has a company called Super Smart Health, and he's a brain surgeon by training. He's <laughs> literally a medical doctor. So, we're talking through this, and he goes, happiness is nothing more than intermittent spikes of dopamine. And that's why we do chocolate. That's why we do other, make other choices in our diets and other parts of our lives. He, says, he, he said to me, Todd, I, I challenge you to, to replace the word happy with the word satisfied. How do you live a satisfying life? Because if you think about a, a satisfying journey in business or in a relationship or with parenting, there's going to be spikes. There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. But if you can look back on it, how can we have a satisfying life? So that's what I teach in my program of Life by Design, to have a satisfying life. I want people to have the moments of happiness. I love that. But you're also going to have moments of frustration, disappointment, and the chaos that comes with that. Let's get you out of those pieces. So I think happy is awesome. If I want to be happy, I have a piece of chocolate. 
I want to be happy, I'll wa- I'll watch something on TV that makes me laugh. I want what are we watching right now? We're watching Shit's Creek right now, so we'll watch that. But if I want to, if I want to have a sustainable sense of satisfaction, I have to approach it realizing that happy is just one piece of the process. I love that thinking about being satisfied versus being happy. It's a sort of like a mindset shift. I like that a lot. Yeah, I had to learn that. It was it, it was a real big challenge for me because as a child. I, I was told, you know, by my parents, hey, I want you to go to school. I want you to get married, start a family, and just be happy. So for me, that was the recipe. So I shared that with my coach. He's like, okay, well, that explains the flaw because that, that recipe is you're never going to be 100% happy 100% of the time, but you can be in a satisfying journey most of the time. Yep. Yep, exactly. Well, this was great, Todd. Time flew. I really enjoyed the conversation. If people want to learn more about you or connect with you, what's the best way they could do that? Oh, Ryan, I had a great time. Thanks so much for, for having me on today. You got me fired up for my week. Because you asked about the whole, what I do for the business and what I do, do to grow the business, I, I think it's, I feel compelled to offer to your audience 30 minutes of free coaching. No cost, no hidden agenda. So they can reach me at Todd at ExtraordinaryAdvisors.com. They can go to my website, ExtraordinaryAdvisors.com and book some time with me to help them. No, again, like I said, this is, my chance to to honor my why, I get a, so much out of these rich conversations. So I'd like to offer that to your audience today. It's super generous. We'll, uh, we'll link that up in the show notes. And thanks again, Todd. And thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.